Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. I said it out loud that just Mm. saying Adam's dad is the moment. Something shattered in me. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. How are you, friend? Ah, great. <laughs> Why do you ask? <laughs> oh, man. We po- we both posted in our um, stories today that you're going to be taking a little, a little vacay from the podcast. Yeah, I'm not fully on board. Oh yeah, no. Okay, well, this is what we should say then. This is a this is forced. My hands has been forced. <laughs> I, as your best friend and co-host, have told you. I did start by being like, "What do you think about?" And then you were a little wavy about it, and I was like, "Okay, well, here's what's actually happening." Oh my gosh, you need some time. You you need more time than you have hours, and. Right need to I just want to say like you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself but that's not that's not (sighs) yeah I I just wanted to say that but it also makes me sad because doing the podcast is like an outlet for me and therapy and like a way to see you and a way to like connect with people and so it's it's just not exactly what I want but I understand I know. I just think like, I mean, we can revisit this, but I just think like two hours or up to four hours recording a week where you need to be like energized and engaged and present is like not something you have time for. When it's literally like my only day off. Yeah. Like given the current circumstances. Yeah. We're being very cryptic. Ooh, it's like we're vague booking, but like yeah veg casting veg casting what i'll say is that in the next like by april 30th i have to move yeah with my five children uh, and like you just found out like it, this i is, just this found is, out yeah and i don't have anywhere to move to so it's very difficult and i've cried a lot and i'm oh, sure that's good more. i didn't know yeah yeah that i saw you but yeah, apparently this is all I needed to get the floodgates open. But as of right now, I have nowhere to live when it comes to April 30th. But I'm looking. Might have should to leave the town. Should we talk about the funny joke I made about 
maybe don't sell your camping stove because you might need might it. end up homeless. That was really <laughs> helpful and didn't make me sad at all. Oh, God. You're no, not going to be fine. homeless. I know. Right now, it's just it's just a little uncertain. Yeah. And it's scary because the real estate market is so inflated right now that it seems like a lot of people who own rental properties are jumping on this chance to sell. But what that means is it seems like all these people that have been renting now need to find somewhere new to rent and there's not enough on the market for everybody who needs somewhere to live. Yeah, and there's definitely not enough in the town that I live in, which is really upsetting because yeah. I wanted to stay here forever. Yeah. And it's looking less likely every day that I will be here for much longer. Yeah. That that sounds very Well, it's true. I'm very I'm yeah. very sad about it. But Uh maybe you're going to be in a place within a five minute drive from where your number one support lives (laughs) and your number two, three, four, five supports live. Yes, possibly. If I can find a place. Yeah. That's the tricky part is that they're getting rented really quickly. Yeah. Like I sent you a listing and half an hour later you clicked on it and it said rented. Yeah. And that today we went to show up to a place and they left early from this open house because they had enough people apply. They didn't need to yeah. show it anymore. They didn't need my sorry ass coming there. What a racket. <laughs> and on top of that, I've had sick kids again and I'm not feeling good. Yeah. Um, Ooh, but a little update from last week. We went to your kid's school. Yes, we did. Flags a-flying. Uh-huh. And it was great. It was great. It went really well. The teachers were really good. The principal and the and the counselor were great. And they listened to everything we had to say and were supportive and they have a plan. So it went well. Yeah. And like, I will be the first to admit that I went in with my backup because it's yes. a Catholic school and I do not. Well, you were afraid you were going to burn up as soon as you walked in there. I felt hot. I didn't want to touch anything just in case. But I felt warm. But yeah, but I and I asked hard questions and I stood up for what I was fearful of. And yeah, like they they handled everything with like grace and confidence. And I don't know, it just it. Yeah, it seemed like they were willing to do what needed to be done. And like they have solid processes and plans in place. Absolutely. Yeah. And, so, you know, there were consequences for children that needed consequences and it worked out. Yeah. That's one good thing. So but, that's great. Uh, but we were we were going to make a TikTok about it. But then you found out you had to move. Yeah. And then right. that same day I had to bring my youngest to urgent care uh, for croup. So it's just been a lot. Yeah, it it didn't feel like the time was right to make a TikTok. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like it's so well, anyway, I we need to let the listeners know you are not going to be homeless. You 
can come stay with us if you need to. You can go stay with your parents if you need to. You can, I'm just saying like there are, there are at least like a few options with a plethora of desirability. Yeah. It's a sliding scale of desirability. It's just really hard when I have so many kids. Yeah. Yeah. What's the return policy on that? It's not great. (laughs) Did you read the receipt? It's like tiny print. Like you may not return. No, there's like nothing. Like. Yeah. They're very clear about that. No refunds. Yeah. I'm really, I'm just really sorry that this is such a hard time, but you know, we're going to get you through it. I appreciate it. This, but it's, I'm just like, at this point, I'm just like, how much more? Yeah. How much more can one person go through? Yeah. You know, you're just a single mom who works two jobs, who loves her kids and never stops. You know, I thought it was bad enough when my husband died and then I had to move. And then on my daughter's birthday, our cat died and I got strep throat. (laughs) But obviously not. No. The universe was like, hold my beer. Right? Yeah. Oh, well. How are you doing? Oh, great. It was a really uplifting weekend. And I got to go to my, I guess, my stepmom's house and where my dad lived and pick up all of his stuff. Ugh. So that was really nice. It's like, it's such a weird situation because like my dad and his wife were only married for three years and they were together for five. Right. And so like, like when one of your parents dies, it it's like obvious that like everything will stay with the other parent because yeah. they're still married yeah. and they live in a house, like it, they have a well-established unit. But like this was so such a new unit that it's like, well, how like she was like, I don't feel right keeping all of his stuff because like it's your stuff. It's your family's stuff. And I was only his family for five years. Right. So she yeah, she like we packed it all up and I so I've only been to his house. This was the second time since he died that I've been to his house and I cannot walk through the door without bursting into tears. Well, no kidding, because you're just waiting for your dad to, like, stand up and greet you. That's so sad. Yeah. So I, like, loaded up all the stuff and, you know, my sister and I will have to go through it and decide, you know, like, like, who's getting what and what are we keeping and what are we not keeping? And there's a piano at her house and, like, she doesn't want to keep it. And I guess it's, like, it's been in our family for like, I don't know, since like the early 1900s and it's like a baby grand, but it's like a, it's, wow. like an, up, it's an upright, like it's yeah. a, um, and like, it's, I've just, I'm not a sentimental person when it comes to things, but like, I just have this nagging feeling that like, do I, my sister doesn't want it. She doesn't have space for it mm-hmm. and I don't play the piano. I'd like to. So like, do I take it because I'm not sure if I want to get rid of it, but it's really expensive to hire a company to move a piano and I don't really have a ton of space for it, but let's say I figure it out. And then what happens if in a year I'm like, you know, I'm really not that attached to it. Now I got to pay to have a company like come and get rid of it somehow. Yeah, absolutely. That is tricky for sure. So I say just, you know, just kind of sleep on it a little bit. Right. And yeah. See what feels right. Maybe I'll just do an Instagram poll. 
There you go. Should I keep my father's piano? There you go. Do like, it. Like, I think it was my, I think it was his mom's mom's or, I don't know, like, mom's, it was mom's 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 mom's. It was somebody's mom's. Yeah. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, I'm not sentimental, but I don't want to regret not keeping anything. Yeah. But I, I'm not, like, one to keep, like, I don't have trinkets. I don't. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. So, but I did find, I sobbed like a loser. I found the sweater that he bought from our merch store. I know. He's such a big support of us. Yeah. And so, well, now I'm going to start crying. Well, don't do that. No. No, you can cry if you so stupid. (laughs) Only losers cry. (laughs) Everyone just turned off the podcast. (laughs) What a bunch of losers. Oh, man. <laughs> what are you, crying? Are you serious? <laughs> There's no crying in podcasting. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. But, friends, do not despair. Michelle will be back. I will and be you- back sooner than Carling wants me to be. No, this is what I'm saying. Like, maybe tomorrow afternoon you're going to sign a lease and... It's like everything will all wheels in motion. Yeah. And then you, you'll you be in the headspace and you'll have the mental capacity and the time to yeah. to dedicate to recording. But I just I don't want the podcast to be something that you stress over. You know, like I took a couple of episodes off when my dad died and we had people yeah. jump in and we have a Patreon episode coming out this week. And I've got Amanda and Jody from everybody why do I always mess up their title? Everybody, Everybody loves Raymond. Every... <laughs> I have Ray Romano like, coming on. We love we to all, hate TV. We love to hate TV. Yeah. We love to hate everything. I don't know. Something. It's a great podcast. A lot of our listeners listen to them. And so we're going to have them tell a story on our Patreon. So They've stepped up. We have a really great community. We had Julie from the Resting Bitch Face Pod reach out and offer to help if needed. And yeah, I feel like I have no doubt that you're, everything is going to be okay. Yes, I agree. Everything's going to be great. 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 Maybe your new house will have like an official podcast recording studio. Oh, that Just would be great. Long. Maybe put that there on your bucket go. list. There we go. In this hot rental market. At this point, all I'm asking for is a roof. Yeah. Maybe some floors and like a door or two. That's pretty much all I'm asking for. Yeah. We'll find that easy. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, so I already mentioned it, but we have a merch store. If anybody wants to check it out and own something that says I did not sign up for this because I feel like everybody can relate to that. And Absolutely. We also have a podcast. No. Hold <laughs> oh, the phone. We have a podcast? Oh, the first my time God. hearing about this. We have a Patreon. It's a monthly subscription. And it is one of the best ways to support the work that we do because, well, especially under these given circumstances, the financial help is a real help. Whew. So yeah. if anybody wants to you get access to over 54 bonus episodes right away you'll never hear them anywhere else they are amazing and we have one coming this week so yeah and maybe Uh, one day i will tell my full story of the time i had to move in 30 days on our patreon yeah 
that's where we keep our juiciest stories. So exactly. Yeah. Well, friend, I love you. It's nine o'clock on a Sunday and everybody loves you. Everybody supports you. Maybe we'll just put a call out for moving help that weekend. (laughs) Yeah. We'll be like podcast meetup. Wear your best comfy clothes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you for, you know, thinking about me and telling me to take a break, even though maybe I don't want to, but I know. Yeah. Because it is a distraction. And I think given the circumstances, like you don't have time for a distraction. No, I agree. I agree. All right. Let's get into it. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning. How are you? I am exhausted. How are you? (laughs) Not about the same, probably. I don't know. I feel like when we scheduled this recording, we didn't anticipate that it was daylight savings time. Mm. Yeah. And we yeah, were that's losing an hour. Yeah. I hate today. I hate, I think it yeah. should not exist. Uh, <laughs> it should not exist. I agree. Yeah. Have you guys it's in Montana talked about like removing daylight savings? We have. And there's a lot of arguments for it. And the argument against it seems to be, I want to be able to walk my dog in the evening. So, you know, there's there's a lot of good points on both sides. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we just had it recently in our last, like, uh, provincial election. And it was really close. It was like 49 to 51 or something in favor oh. to keep it. Oh, that's a bummer. It's, yeah. it's just so wild to me that we're still doing this in the year 2022. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll be a little punchy, but we'll get through it. That's okay. Yeah. Well, we're super stoked to talk to you. We've been following you on TikTok for a while, where we find our most amazing guests because people just share the most incredible stories on TikTok. You had just gotten a camper and you had decided to go out with your kids, even though COVID had just started. And But then like you threw up or something like while you were getting it ready. Oh, yeah. And you were yes. like, okay. What more? Yeah. What more can happen here? I felt like I got cursed by a wizard. Yeah, that was <laughs> such a bummer. But yeah. just to, <laughs> just to uh, clarify, I didn't get diagnosed with cancer. This was a prophylactic mastectomy. So oh. it was to prevent any instances of cancer. They just kind of scooped me out like a little, a little Halloween pumpkin. And I don't have to worry about it at all. I feel <laughs> like I would choose that. If somebody was like, mm, I'd be like, take whatever you need to. Just... Like, let's get rid of it. Be proactive. <laughs> yeah. So did you have, a- you had history though in your family? Yeah, on both yeah. sides. Um, so when it's on both sides, they're already like, and then I got genetic testing done and they found a gene, not the BRCA gene, uh, but a different one that's just, that's also got an increased risk of both ovarian cancer and breast cancer. So I was oh. like, just. Just get it all out. Let's just get rid of the the whole bunch. Uh, If it's not nailed down, let's toss it. And so that's what we do. Wow. Wow. Well, I'll back up a little bit. I'd love to have you introduce yourself. Maybe tell us like a little bit about who you are and where you are. And and then we'll kind of like get into the whole story. 
Yeah. So my name is Jessica Pallette. I live in Billings, Montana. I've been here about six years. I am a widowed mom of twin kiddos, a boy and a girl. And I'm a stay-at-home mom for now. And I don't know if that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> How old are your twins? They're six years old. Okay. Yeah. I have twins who are five. Yes, I heard that. That's really yeah, cool. yeah. That. <laughs> it's crazy. It's definitely a challenge. Absolutely. Me, is it like harder or easier? And it's like little little of column A, little column B, but it is nice to have them at like the same developmental level which I kind of love so and these two have gotten like really into just like cuddling together and watching a tv show or minecraft on little their their little ipads like side by side yeah yeah (laughs) that's really sweet yeah yeah (laughs) so if they're six are they in grade one or are they kindergarten going into grade one they are grade one. I'm actually homeschooling right now. So, oh, that's but I nice. did that myself. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it is nice, but I, I kind of miss the having a couple of hours a few times a week to breathe. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've got five. So, my older are in school full time, and then the two will be they're in daycare three days a week, school two days a week. So I'm just excited for next year for school, no more daycare, like everything. Everyone's at the same place at the same time. Love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Your original videos that we started to see, were you talking about becoming a widow? Do you mind sharing about how you became a widow or maybe introduce us to your partner first? Who are they and how did you meet? I met Adam shortly after moving back to my hometown of Eugene, Oregon. I got him off the internet. There was like an eHarmony free communication weekend and I had been on a few months before because I was like, I'm moving back home. I should just kind of see who's in the area. And I looked around and I was not impressed with the offerings. And I just let my eHarmony thing lapse. And then when I moved back, they had that. They're like, hey, you can hop on. And I was like, okay. And so I checked it out. And there was just this one dude. I couldn't see his picture because of the way that the free communication weekend works out. But just like everything in his profile was like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) And so we started communicating. And then like that that weekend, over the course of a few days, we went through the whole eHarmony guided process. And like I'm at at work, like hopping onto my boss's computer, like every 20 minutes to like respond to whatever he said to me. By Sunday, we had our first date set up and we went for a walk after dinner and, and, and then we were like going along the water along this little path and just talking and talking and just vibing, just everything he said. I was like, yeah, spot on. And everything I said, like he was like, like really listening to me and responding, which like having dated in LA, I was not used to. And I, we, we got to like the woods and I realized I am walking in the woods in the dark with a man I just met <laughs> on the internet. And because I have no filter, I said that out loud. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. If you just walk up a little further, my axe is behind that tree. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no. You're adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just inherently trusted him from the start. He was just always so straightforward with me about like liking me and being really interested in me. And there was no like negging. There was I mean my yeah. the bar was low, but uh, 
Yeah, he was just, he was awesome from the start. Wow. How old Aww, were you guys when you met? I was 28. He was 32. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, so you guys funny. met and then how long until you guys got married? Adam proposed about nine months later and we got married one year after he proposed. Oh, um, wow. So it a big a, wedding? Uh, yes. Yeah, it was It was a pre- pretty decently sized wedding that I planned while I was getting my master's in education, which oh you know, in retrospect, maybe it wasn't that great for my mental health, but it was beautiful. Kind <laughs> uh, of on a... In a vineyard up in the hills in Oregon and this winery called Sweet Cheeks and it overlooks this beautiful valley and out in the country and oh I saw your TikTok where you went back there and you were talking about all the beautiful things and the daisies and everything and that was really beautiful yeah yeah he had gone for a walk in the he got special permission to take me on a walk through the winery. Um, you usually can't walk through the vines. Oh. And so we walked through the vines and along this like little fence where the daisies were poking through and he picked some daisies and um, got down on one knee. He was like talking about how much he loves me. And he's always talking about how much he loves me. So I was like, Oh, this is nothing good. <laughs> and then he got down on one knee and I was like, Oh, that's what's happening. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> found out later when we got back to the winery itself that he had had his brother come to the winery and take distant like long distance photos so he took like it, you, it's like looks like a flip book you could like go through the photos and it's like a flip book of oh, him. That's oh. beautiful. yeah yeah and did you have your twins right away no we struggled with infertility for a few years I had to go through a few rounds of IVF before we had success it was a struggle because both of us really wanted to be parents and it was a dream of both of ours for a really long time that was actually something he brought up on the first date was how much he wanted to be a dad like Aww. when he talked about his job he was like yeah I like my job but like I really want to be a dad and I was like oh that's so hot and how was he as a dad Oh my lord, he's the best dad. We the kids talk about what a great dad he was like mm-hmm. all the time. Right? You know, my daughter especially, you know, when she when she wants to talk about dad, it's always about you know how, what a good daddy he was and how Aww. good he was at hugs and Aww. he's just everything he did revolved around us and about his kids. And mm-hmm. you know, when he worked, it was so he could create a better life for his kids and. When he was off, he was spending, you know, every minute he could giving them attention, sitting with them, snuggling with them, playing with them, throwing them in the air, you know, like they were his life. He was an amazing dad. Oh, wow. And at the time where you, you stayed home with them and he, he worked? Yeah. 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 He, he worked for a, like a surgical company for a little while and then he moved over to Edward Jones and, you know, so both jobs allowed him to work from home. So he was around if I needed help. And that was, that was pretty great. I mean, obviously he had to go to places sometimes, but like for the most part, it it allowed him to be nearby, which was nice. Wow. Carling was saying the first TikTok that we saw was that you had just gone through this double mastectomy and Mm -hmm. obviously no idea like what's going to happen. So do you kind of want to walk us through that? Yeah, sure. The the beginning actually started the summer before because I'd had pelvic pain for a really long time and, you know, went through that whole process of trying to find a doctor who would be able to diagnose me. As Mm -hmm. many people with uteruses can attest to, like 
that, that pelvic pain can be really tricky to nail down. And uh, especially when it's endometriosis, there's just so much that so many doctors don't know still to this day because Adam worked with a lot of gynecological surgeons. And so he was actually really knowledgeable about endometriosis, like more than most men are going to be. And so it was because of him that we went and I got a surgery where they actually go and look inside you and look for the, the endometriosis. And during that surgery, I died a bit. My heart just kind of stopped beating and they brought me back. It was fine. Oh, it was nice. Was nice of you them. definitely died for a minute. Oh, That's God. how Adam told me, actually. <laughs> um, he didn't tell me in the hospital. He asked the, the the doctor and the nurses to be like, you know what, let me just break it to her at home. And so he got me home. He got me comfortable. And he sat next to me. And I was like, oh, I'm already picking up a weird vibe. And uh, he's like, hey, so don't freak out. But uh, you kind of died a little bit. And I was like, sorry, what? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it was a, a vasovagal response. Of the blowing up my belly with air stopped my heart beating, essentially, and it's wow. a, a very rare reaction. But That's explains why my chest hurt so much afterwards. <laughs> oh my gosh! So that's when that started. And so we knew I had endometriosis, and I also had something called pelvic congestion syndrome, which kind of added on to it. And both of those things could be improved with an excision surgery. But when I found out I also had bad genes that could potentially cause ovarian cancer and all that, long story short, we decided to just boot the, the uterus and, mm-hmm. you know, get rid of everything that's in there, plus excise any endometriosis. Yeah. Um, so, and I was like, I am so tired of going through all this. I'm just going to... I'm just going to bang them all out. Just get it all done with. Just get rid of the lot. So in the spring, we worked on my double mastectomy and reconstruction. And then in the summer, I traveled to Oregon where I could get the hysterectomy from one of his old surgeon friends who is one of the best he's ever seen. And I was like, all right, let's do that. You would know. And so while I was in Oregon getting my hysterectomy and recovering with my parents, I had the kids with me. My parents were helping with the kids. My mom helped me recover. It was about three days afterwards, two days afterwards in the evening, I didn't get my usual goodnight text from Adam and I was looking around in our home's like security camera system on my app and like the back door was open, which was kind of weird, but not super weird. And Adam wasn't outside where he usually would be. And the dogs were just kind of listlessly milling around and couldn't hear anything on the audio. And I was, I didn't see him walking around and I, couldn't get a hold of him over phone. And I was like, this is just kind of weird. Maybe he just like fell asleep because he, of the two of us, he was always the one who could just conk out. No problem. Like mid sentence, mid, we could be mid argument in bed. And I'd be like, well, I don't like the way that you did. And then all of a sudden I'd hear snoring. (laughs) And so I said, oh, he just conked out while playing an iPad game. And then when I woke up in the morning, hadn't heard back from him and that was really weird and so I tried calling again and texting and nothing and so I got a hold of his parents and I said hey it's probably nothing but can you just go check on Adam I haven't heard from him since last night I just want to make sure he's okay and his dad got there first and his dad found him on the floor he was in between brushing his teeth and taking a shower and he died suddenly I don't 
I don't usually go into the specifics of the like the medical reasons for it because he's yeah. always really private about his mm-hmm. his medical history and medical care and and all of that. But at the time, we we had no no clue it was as serious as it was. Right. And I watched the whole thing over the security system. So I watched his dad come in. I watched him call for him. I heard him get on the phone with the with 911 and asking for an ambulance and telling them he's cold he's just so cold oh god God. i'm so sorry i couldn't figure out why he wasn't going back and warming him up yeah and uh, (laughs) he just stayed by the front door and i was like why isn't he going back to him and getting him like a blanket or something and i watched the paramedics come I watched the police officer come and his mom. No, his mom came first. And and that was hard to watch. And then the police officer came and I heard the police officer tell them, I'm so sorry for your loss. Oh, my God. That's when I knew. I knew. I mean, I knew before that, but that's when I, I couldn't. I couldn't pretend anymore. And did you have your parents with you? Like, were you supported during watching Um, all this? I, my dad had come in and I had been talking with him a little bit. Like, this is, this is just weird. I don't know what's going on. And he watched some of it with me, but I kept like being like, it's, it's probably nothing. It's probably nothing. And, but when I found out there was, there was no one in the room. And so I had to find somebody (laughs) Uh and um, I didn't want my kids to see me freaking out until I could like keep myself under control. And so I, I walked through the living room to somebody, where's, where's mom and dad? And um, they said, oh, mom's in her room. So I went to my mom's bathroom and said, mom, Adam's dead. I said it out loud that Mm -hmm. just saying Adam's dead is the moment something shattered in me. And my mom went into action right away. Like she always does. She's so, she could have been a nurse. She's so good in in an emergency. Everything after that's kind of a blur, but I ended up alone in the bathroom while my mom went to tell people and kind of activate the troops. And I remember just sitting there alone, just trying to take in this information and feeling so desperate for it to not be true, but knowing that it, that it was. And just in those first moments, just kind of reaching out to, to God and being like, I I need you to be bigger than all of this because this is so much bigger than me. And and that that got me through those first those first few minutes when everything was just too big for me. And then I realized I didn't need to be bigger than the situation, that that I wasn't alone. And that starting it off on that footing has been really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. How far away were you from him? About a thousand miles. Oh, my gosh. Um, such a, yeah. yeah, like so helpless watching that. When my husband passed, we were, I was like an hour and a half away from him. And it, not the same, but like just knowing that you can't physically be with them and you're learning this information when that's your person, like you should be with your person. It's just heartbreaking yeah and and so helpless feeling his parents had to deal with it all on their own and um i called them so that they didn't have to call me because i can't imagine yeah 
like with their own pain to to deal with it on top of that was must have been yeah. 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 Well, and I th- we've all been in those situations where we can't get a hold of somebody and our brain kind of goes to the bad place, but then everything's fine. And yes. it truly is the worst case scenario. It's yeah. unbelievable, right? It's unbelievable yeah. to be like, oh, this really is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. This was as bad as I was afraid it was. And now, yeah. of course, from now on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can't get a hold of someone it's like oh they're for sure dead it's like oh, no yeah. they just phone was <laughs> and whenever a family member calls me out of the blue I, I answer the phone I'm like okay I need you to tell me whether or not someone is dead like straight yeah. off the bat because I cannot handle the first few minutes or moments of this phone call unless we, we get this out of the way like, because, and they're just know, phoning to chat and you're like no is somebody <laughs> dead tell me right now <laughs> mom for like two years i couldn't get a phone call without being like is someone okay is everyone okay is someone uh-huh. dead this was two years ago this is in 2019 so summer 2019 okay yeah July. yeah okay. it was actually the the day we found him the day after his mom's birthday so oh. we're actually unsure if he passed on her birthday or the day after but like her birthday is wrecked forever so yeah absolutely that's awful bad. What was the process of you getting back? Yeah, because I was just a few days post-op and I wasn't supposed to be flying because there's danger of a blood clot. Luckily, I had my, well, I was able to get a hold of my surgeon really quickly. She was the best. I mean, you know, a lot of surgeons are excellent surgeons and have terrible bedside manner. Like it seems to be, for many of them, it's kind of a one or the other sort of thing. But with Dr. Yang, it was, she had the best of both worlds. She was just the sweetest and the most empathetic and gentle. And she was one of the first people I ended up telling. And she was just screamed about it. And um, she was like, you, you are okay to travel, but you do need help. And so my parents and brother immediately just they dropped everything and got on a plane with me they helped with the kids I don't remember the majority of the the flight back or any of that I was mostly just dissociating and trying to keep it together in front of the kids because I didn't want to freak them out because it's already a a bad enough situation without mom like did you tell them uh, right away? We waited until that evening. I was trying to figure out, like, how do I tell my kids their dad's dead? Yeah. You know, like, how do you're not supposed to have to do that? And they're four, you know, at the time. And yeah. I, you know, we have, I don't even know if we dealt with like fish deaths before that. It was just sort of, we just didn't, we just kind of replaced the fish, you yeah. know? And um, so that evening, we all sat in the living room together. And I, you know, just put, made it as plain as I could. I said, you know, I'm I'm really sorry, but your daddy died and this is what that means. And, you know, explained it to them clearly. I didn't, you know, see he went to sleep or anything. I just said his body stopped working and, and he's not here anymore. And, you know, the rest of that conversation in my head, in my memory, just kind of sounds like the Charlie Brown teacher trumpet, but they didn't understand. I mean, they, they heard, but like it, that was just too big of a concept for yeah, them. Yeah. So they said, you know, I don't, 
I don't think daddy died. I think, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I don't know what to do with that, but we'll just kind of roll with it. So we get, we get back to Billings and we get back to the house and my daughter says, well, let's just, let's just check. Let's just go look and check. And so I said, okay, we'll, we'll check. And so she took my hand and we went through every room of the house calling for daddy. And we, we looked in his office and in the downstairs guest room and behind each door and in each closet. And when we got to the end, she said, well, let's just check again. And so oh we went through again and we checked in each room and in each closet behind each door. And I was looking too, because, yeah. you know, I, I, I think I needed to know as well mm-hmm. <laughs> that this was really true. And she said, well, what if you went to the park? And so we went outside and we we walked down the street one way and we walked down the street the other way and we got to the park and we, we, we climbed this green hill at the park and there was a family playing in the playground and the sun was shining and kids were laughing and parents were, you know, playing with them. And she stood with me at the top of this hill and we looked all around and she said, well, I, I guess daddy must be dead after all. And we just sat on the top of the hill together, just holding each other and crying and freaking out that family. (laughs) You're just, you're just trying to play with your kids. And there's this woman just like sobbing her eyes out with a little girl. (laughs) It must've been so surreal for them, but you know, there we were just kind of coming to grips with it in a very unfortunately public way. But I think it helped her a lot to be able to see, to really see. And it it helped me, I think as well. I find it so hard. So I'm crying. My dad was like, crying. you good? Yeah. (laughs) I'm doing great (laughs) over here. Um, (laughs) But I find it so hard to watch parents with kids because they have to deal with their own grief, but then they also have to deal with the developmental age appropriate grief that's going on. And sometimes it can be that really innocent, you know, like, no, I don't think he is dead. Yeah. Yeah. And my son, like he, he didn't spend time processing it the way my daughter did. My daughter, you know, she, she understood you know, after that, like that, it, it really hit home for her. But my son just processes things in a different way. And he just kind of chose to not for a while. And yeah. and for him, it was just kind of a longer process. He didn't really want to talk about it a whole lot. But my daughter was the opposite. She wanted to talk about it a lot. And she wanted to cry with me. One of our regular things that we did was just crawl into bed together and hold each other and, and cry. And that's how we we worked through our grief together. Sometimes she'd come and she'd find me and she'd take my hand. She said, mommy, can we go and cry together? And so oh, what we do, we go and we sit down and we hug each other and we just cry it out. And, oh. um, and it was so good. <laughs> like, I'm so glad that we did that together because it was like, it helped me to be real in front of her and not yeah. over my own pain and not pretend my own pain didn't exist. And that allowed her to process her pain at the same time. And to say, this is valid. What this, this feeling, this icky, not right death feeling is, is it's okay to feel that. And it's okay to, 
to not like it. And I think that helped us both a lot. Well, I'm like, what an awful lesson to learn. But also she's probably set up so much to like process her feelings in such a good way through Mm -hmm. her life now, which is so good. Yeah. Yeah. She is. She comes to me with everything now, you know, she's six, but she, she processes better than some tweens. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, she's yeah. able to talk out like, Hey, this made me feel weird or uh, I didn't like this. And, and she's able to use the right, she has words and vocabulary to be able to describe how, how she feels. And I think that's, that's served her really well. It's and been her- hard to distinguish. Cause my, my oldest was 11 no 10 9 9? I don't even know and (laughs) my youngest were two and then I had a four-year-old and a seven-year-old six-year-old six he died three years ago yesterday so yeah to kind of have that range of grieving children and the youngest one's not understanding but now that they're five it's like that delayed grief it's like the oh like they're really coming to realize that their dad is gone it's really difficult sorry this is not my story (laughs) it is your story though because it because it's you know it's a shared experience that a lot of women you know well people of all genders have yeah and we don't talk about it enough I think publicly as a society so when it does come we don't have like a frame of reference for like what are my options for how to to handle this because there's so many completely valid ways of of processing a, a loss like that but because we don't talk about it we don't realize like oh this is this is actually fine the way that I'm dealing with this. yeah society we want to make people feel comfortable around us yeah so bringing up things like oh by the way my husband's dead like do you want to talk about it we don't <laughs> want to make people feel awkward yeah. or you know the grocery store person when they're like how are you today and it's like well actually I'm not great because my husband's dead <laughs> and I have you know if we all just like decided to like tell everyone how we're actually feeling right so it's yes. just yeah it's just hard to kind of yeah, keep it in. Yeah, I have lost my ability to make people comfortable there. <laughs> I, 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 the pandemic has wrecked me for uh, being a normal person mm-hmm. and responding in a normal way to things. I've always been uh, kind of weird because I'm neurodivergent. And so I worked really hard to learn what a normal person would say in any given situation. Mm-hmm. And apparently that takes a lot of upkeep because I can't do it anymore. I only realized afterwards, like, oh, that was, that was probably some oversharing I did. (laughs) Information to to process my CVS card. So (laughs) I'm, I'm getting better though, as we're, as I'm starting to be in public a little bit more. And then you risk kind of triggering yourself and then kind of being in this emotional state. And when you have kids, it's yes. like, oh, I don't have the luxury of being triggered right now. Like I have to keep Absolutely. going. And like in the beginning, there'd be these moments where it was like system overload and I would just stop like mid step. And it was like, I just shut down entirely. Like I would be inside of a memory so fully that like the entire world stopped and I don't know how long I would be in these states. Like I would see a toy that would bring up a memory of like, uh, my son playing with his dad and then mm-hmm. uh, 20 minutes later I come out of it and I'm like oh I was trying to start lunch I guess I'll 
keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. How do you process when you don't? So I would send the kids over to my in-laws for sleepovers. And those are the nights that I would just like fully lose it when I had the house all, I would just kind of schedule my freak out times. Yeah. <laughs> and Michelle, so I don't know what, how with five kids, man, that, yeah. oof. Michelle and today being the term briefcation. Yeah. Yes. I, went on, I went on a griefcation and went to a hotel for two days and just like listened to all the podcasts and listened to all the TED talks and read all the, like, you know, tried to listen to some audiobooks and just like fully tried to process, but still like, you're just, it's hard to kind of let yourself go, you know, because you know that eventually you got to wrap it up and go be a mom again. Right. So I know my mother-in-law was like, in the beginning, she's like, Oh, I just cried for like the full day. And I was like, that must be nice. It must be nice to like have the luxury to grieve, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just like take the time to feel your feelings. Yeah. And then you right now are coming fresh off of a trauma anniversary, like, yes, and then yeah. to, to talk about this with me, <laughs> I just to you. I hope that you have self care built into the rest of your day because, okay, like, I, I, try. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing this. That's amazing. Honestly, I've talked about it before, but this podcast is like therapy to me for me as well to talk to other people who've been through the worst things that they could ever be through and see that they're still here and they're still okay, you know, for the, for as much as we can be and to be able to talk through and to be able to talk to other widows and, and just have that connection. Like we've been through one of the most traumatic things that you can go through and somehow we're still, we're still breathing. (laughs) Yeah. And that community is so important. That's that was one of the the crappiest things about the pandemic. I had just started going to like like a widow's grief thing. Like I went to yeah. one like uh, like in nineteen or two thousand nineteen. I went to like a how to get through the holidays thing where we all talked about like how just how to get through Christmas and and New Year's and and all of that for the first time. And talking to other widows was so helpful. And then <laughs> and then the pandemic came. Yeah, and I was like. I can't I can't be with anybody right now mm. oh that sucks so much and that's when I found TikTok and and started I was like uh, this is what I've got this is what I have at my disposal and mm-hmm. help me connect to other people who were grieving and other widows who use dark humor to process mm. their experience and man I don't know what I would have done without it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know so many people sort of like criticize TikTok and social media and, you know, but I think this pandemic and these traumas have really shown that you need this sense of community. And when you strip that away in the physical world, you know, there's such an opportunity to meet like-minded people that are in the same situation as you. You know, we started this podcast at the beginning of the pandemic and we've met so many people, especially widows Mm. that, you know, suffered their loss just before the pandemic or, you know, Michelle, it was like the one year anniversary that of Anthony dying that the world shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was like he died and then a year later the world, you know, shut down and I was like, oh, okay. Like this, this is not somewhere where I thought we would be a year from now. Like this is insane. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's so weird that like they weren't here for it. Yeah, um, absolutely. When I when I think about all the things that have happened since Adam died, I oh I want to talk to him about it so yes. bad. I want to yes. be able to just catch up and be like, dude, you will never believe what happened after you <laughs> left. <laughs> yeah. So how do you find you cope with your hardest days? I know you talked about um, dark humor. That's like our love language is sarcasm yeah. and dark humor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I, I do use dark humor. It kind of depends on the dark day. Sometimes I just allow myself to have a bad day and just be like, I'm just going to feel like garbage today. And then tonight I'm going to sleep. And then tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to feel different. And maybe not a whole lot different, but it'll be better than this. And I just accept that, okay, I just got to feel like garbage for a bit because like we don't always have to feel good. We don't always have to feel productive or, or connecting on, you know, firing, firing on the cylinders. Nope. I shouldn't have gone with that analogy, but we, it, I just let myself have a bad day sometimes. Mm. And then, you know, other days I just, I need to break myself out of it and connect with somebody. Maybe that just playing uno with the kids or uh, going and taking the dogs for a walk or or just it, it's like I say I say to myself like okay what's the end result I want how do I want to how do I want to feel and sometimes the answer is I want to feel like garbage I want to I want to lean into the pain and I want to feel this fully and then when I'm done it, it's done it's like vomiting it's out of your system but then sometimes I realize that's not what I need right now what I need right now is to feel connected or what I need right now is to just get out of the space where all the memories are and, and yeah. go somewhere else for a little while and just kind of zone out. So so at over time, I've kind of created a, a checklist of, of options for, for self-care. And, and sometimes I just go back and I read it and I say, what, what was I supposed to do when <laughs> I'm kind of losing it? Oh yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right. Are you living in the same house? I am. I actually sleep about 15 feet from where my husband passed away. Wow. And for um, a while, I used to just sit and stare at the spot where they found him. And it was driving me absolutely batty. Like, very, it was very Poe. It was very just <laughs> like dark, like... I could probably write some poetry about this, but instead I bought a rug. I got a big octopus rug online. I got the biggest, just most absurd. It's like a floral rug with a giant, giant octopus on it. Wow. And her name is Calliope. And she she sits right over the top of where they found him. Like that's where her face is oh. on the rug. And she's like my little guardian. She keeps me from like zoning out over there and she's kind of I think of her as like the little little protector of this little sacred piece of ground and then Aww. yeah that, that helps a lot <laughs> I've leaned into being weird uh at yeah. this, I just when Adam passed away I just I spent so much time in my life caring so much what people thought about me because you know that's how I was raised is you, you that's what you do you care about you take the input from the people around you and you make use of it and you improve yourself. But I realized like a lot of the input was very neurotypical and involved a lot of things that didn't actually matter. I wasn't hurting anybody. I was just being kind of weird based on their like standards of weirdness. And since Adam died, I just I can't care anymore. I just yeah. don't have the energy to care. So I've, I've leaned, in, leaned into being weird and it's very freeing. 
Uh, I have a question. What is that thing hanging behind your head? Oh, that is like my yoga swing. swing. <gasps> yeah, it's okay, my yoga awesome. swing. Yeah, no, that has been really helpful for me. That was something I got mid-pandemic when I started doing all the things. I, I took up a lot of things this pandemic, and since yeah. Adam died, I uh, like uh, growing plants and uh, I learned how to paint my nails with gel and. Uh, Yoga swing was another one I did. My kids plan on it just as much as I do, but it is so soothing to be able to just kind of crawl up into my little swing. And it's like, it's like being in a little chrysalis. And when I come out, I feel better and I can hang upside down from it for a while. And that has good benefits I've heard and helps my back. And Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, that yoga swing is like the best pandemic purchase I have made. I I have used the heck out of that thing. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, we're so thankful that we were able to connect and hear your story. I like I'm laughing on the inside about what a mess like it's a daylight savings we're all a little tired my dad just died so i'm processing that and sobbing through this the year <laughs> anniversary of anthony dying from michelle <laughs> we created like a wild storm of we're doing great yeah. we're doing great <laughs> it's so bad <laughs> it's just awesome cry together but you know it's just like it's just like me and Evelyn sitting and crying together it's just it's yeah. healthy and it's it's how we process it's how we get together it's the vomiting you just yeah you got something in your stomach that needs to come out and yeah. uh just you get it all out and you just feel so much better yeah <laughs> my god well thank you so much for taking time out of your weekend to chat with us and share your story and Adam's story I appreciate you guys having me on. This has been lovely. Absolutely. We'll let you get on with your day. Enjoy. Enjoy however you're going to spend it. And we'll talk soon. Thank you very much. It was so great chatting with you. You too. Bye. 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 Like maybe he went home tonight and he like, and he's talking to his wife and his kid and they'll be like, dad, just do it. Take a chance, Dad. <laughs> take a chance on me. Take a chance, take a chance, yeah. Take a chance, take a chance. <laughs> Maybe I should text him all the lyrics to that song. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> if you don't, you're definitely not getting it. I'm going to block my number. <laughs> yeah. Police show up and they're like, ma'am, you have got to stop sending Abba <laughs> You're harassing. This poor man. My God. Michelle. Carling. I'm going to keep some of that in because it was hilarious. Okay. (laughs) And you know what I also want to do? Say, Jessica. Jessica, thank you so much. (laughs) My God, what a lovely human. She's amazing. Yeah, you guys I love watching her TikToks. She's so funny i wanted to say like how funny it was that you guys had so much in common but like it's not funny it's tragic and terrible and sad (laughs) that your lived experiences are so similar but what a coincidence hilarious yeah (laughs) oh you know what i didn't say in our intro which is funny or like i don't we went to the keg me my sister and our partners went to the keg last night for dinner and the yeah i thought i was your partner and i did not get invited well i mean 
I guess it wasn't podcast partners. It was love partners, but whatever. (laughs) Bedroom partners. And the server was just this like young server. And she was like, oh, like, are you guys celebrating anything? What's the occasion? And I was like, ah, like my dad died. And she was like, oh, my God. And I was like, no, I mean, like, it's fine. Like, it's not fine. But our uncle sent us a gift card for the keg and asked us to go out and, like, you know, celebrate our dad. And this is where he took us for dinner. And and she was like, oh, well, that's good. And we made a joke and we had a good laugh about it. And then but shout out to the keg on McLeod Trail because they paid for our bottle of wine. I know that is so nice of them. That's so sweet. And. Anyway, I just wanted to well, tell that story. That's where you and I will go on our next date is to the keg. Yeah, and they'll be like, "Oh my god, what are you celebrating?" And we'll be like, "Oh, my friend being homeless." Yeah, and then they'll comp us something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll comp us a bottle of wine so we can get tanked. Oh and my god, all of our problems. Well, worst case is we're gonna have a lot less commuting when we podcast because you're just gonna be in the room next door. <sighs> I'm just going to be living in your house. Yeah. And the five kids will be in the basement. Uh, and, you know, we'll just. Just going to line up their beds like end to end and. Fit. Just like a, a little orphanage down there. We, ooh, like a hospital. We could get little curtains so they have some privacy. Yeah. And then we can like give them chores and they can sing Hard Knock Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is great. I love it. Uh, yeah. Everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Please send all of your best wishes and good thoughts and good vibes to Michelle because she needs it. And please, if you've always wanted to own an investment property in Alberta, Canada, have we got a deal for you? So (laughs) just send an inquiry, drop us a a DM and we'll get that started. We got an instant renter. Yeah. (laughs) Right away. Yeah, great. I see. No yeah, this is, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, signing off. I love you all. And I will be back. Yeah, very soon. Yes. All right. Have a good day. And everybody have a good week. And that's it. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>